Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Conservative. What I don't like about Washington is they're very nice to your face, and then they take a shiv or a machete, and they stab it in your back. I'm a Wall Street guy, and I'm more of a front-stabbing person, and, and I'd rather tell people directly how I feel about them. Nobody talk about politics, like... Don't say anything, you know. A marriage that's been through it all. She has filed for divorce over his naked political ambition. These are the views of a couple in love. A couple with children. A couple with differing opinions and perspectives. A couple that survived. He's kind of like an impetuous guy. In, in many ways, that's great. In some ways, it's tough when you're married. What leads them back to each other? Communication, conversation, and a realistic outlook on the world we live in. Your hosts, Anthony and Deirdre Scaramucci. This is Mooch and the Misses. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's the Misses here. Welcome back to Mooch and the Misses. Anthony, is he left me in the lurch again. He's in um, Hillary's favorite state, Michigan. Um, but we have him on the line. Wisconsin. We figured out we Wisconsin could dial. What? No, Wisconsin's her favorite state. She liked it so much she didn't come to Wisconsin during the uh, campaign. Oh, why did I think she, it was Michigan? Got, See, I'm not a true. Well, she got here once. She got here. Lefty. She got here once. She got to Michigan once. She lost both states, though. So. Oh, all right. Well, thanks but, for the info. We're equivalent. So we um, have a lot to get into today. Of course, Trump's on a. A, a tweet storm going off about Stormy and Pocahontas and you name it. So I don't know if you've had a chance to check any of that out because you've been in meetings, but have you seen any of his stuff? No. I, I, not only did I see it, what I, what I find fascinating about today is that there's nothing on the president's uh, schedule. So, you know, I could <laughs> see him sitting bored. there. He's bored. I, I see him there. He's, he's in, in his, his boxers. Or he's, probably, he's probably up in the master bedroom somewhere in, in the closet in the boxers just firing away tweets. Oh, why does he have the day off? He just needed a respite? I don't know. I mean, they, 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 we should probably ask my we probably ask his assistant how he gets a day off, and I'm here in Michigan. But, right. But it, there he is. He's uh, firing in tweets. Also, I don't know if you'd notice one of the things that he's doing is they've got a steady cam on him and they're shooting him inside and outside and he's just he's just literally barking at the uh at the camera. So um the new communication style, which by the way I give two thumbs up to, is just let Trump be Trump and you know, he's doing press sprays, he's doing press conferences, he's doing interviews on Air Force One. He took he took sixty minutes on. No uh, offense, but he was never. He never had a different strategy. He's he's been barking since they let him out of the cage. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's it's not a strategy. new strategy. It's just the only well, one he I'm knows. Saying, they, they had him corralled there for a little while, where they weren't letting him uh, do a lot for of for like one them. second, like a minute. What topic though? What topic on these tweets <sighs> do you want to hit? Well, first? I okay. He so is tweeting about Michigan, right? Uh, John James is running. All right, but that's boring. We not no. We need to talk about the Stormy Daniel stuff because so okay. basically a federal judge in California 
dismissed that lawsuit, that defamation lawsuit that Stormy brought against the the president, saying, you know, that that's just like political jargon and rhetorical hyperbole and if he wasn't allowed right. to say things like that it would you know that would that that, that can't right. happen so he has right. to have public discourse and say yeah. right so he has to be able to say what he wants to say according to this judge so that's been thrown out but so then he's taking the twitter calling her a horse face did you see that i did see that yes okay yes. well that's insane first of all and mm. So I'm going to now like bring in a few things because this is I found so interesting. So Melania, apparently there's this video out. Um, the rapper T.I. came out with this song. And apparently there's a, a, a video where Melania's in the Oval Office stripping to this song. You know, not Melania yep. herself, but someone that looks yeah, exactly Melania like her. Like, yeah, but- And her people are up in arms about it. And I'm like, okay, you're going to be mad that somebody made this video about you, but your husband is on line on the airwaves on Twitter calling somebody a horse face. So he's the one setting the precedent for this kind of stuff. And then you're going to want you want someone to take down a video. That's like, you know, their artistic right in this country to do. Oh, 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 okay. But let me ask you a question because you're. Uh, according to our viewer response, you're the more balanced of the two of us. I'm mm-hmm. obviously uh, incredibly unbalanced. So <laughs> imbalanced. Point, imbalanced. And you're bad at English. Point, and I'm bad at English. But at what point? Are the does, Russians listening to this? Because every time we talk, there's like a sh- like there's some sort of interference. Did you hear that? Um, I didn't. No, I don't know. I okay. mean, maybe they are. Maybe they, if, if the Russians are in, uh, interfering, please don't hack into our podcast, okay? We're doing very well without you guys. I don't need to be colluding. Tell everybody you what your mom calls the podcast. Uh, my mom calls the <laughs> podcast the cash pot because <laughs> my mom is uh, email uh, illiterate. She doesn't have any idea of how to turn on an iPhone. And so if someone says podcast, she doesn't see the word, so she, she calls it cash pot. So, I mean, you know, so my wife has taken to calling it the moose, mooch and the Mrs. Cash Pot. The moose. I should start doing the show with the moose. The moose and the Mrs. Yeah, well, if I keep eating, I'll definitely be (laughs) molto, molto moose and uh, tiny mid. No, you're looking good. You're looking good. what, What is the, what is the point where Donald J. Trump crosses the... Rubicon jumps the shark where people say, okay, time, time out. You just called a porn star who you could have had an affair with, may not have had an affair with, but I would say most people, when you look at the polling, think he had an affair with a horse face. Um, what, at what point do people say, okay, that's enough? Okay. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> do you remember that we listened to that okay. so many times and, and, and just like, couldn't believe it and laughed out of slight horrification well, and we, disbelief. We, we laughed due to horror. We we laughed due to horrification. <laughs> the fact that you and I have a perverse sense of tasteless humor. The intonation in his voice, the oh, uh, like the whole thing makes. I could listen to it. Uh, oh. I don't know what I said. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, but, but it's obviously not that funny because he's making fun of like a crippled person, but. But I'm just saying now he's, he's oh moving into God. the horse face ter- territory. So I'm just just asking, like, and here's the thing, my 
dying over here? Oh, no, you're dying. I'm trying to... Uh, I'm, I'm trying, you're trying to be serious. I'm, uh, no, I'm trying... I'm just trying to... Answer, I'm trying to ask you the question. So oh, okay. Does he ever cross over where people wave the white flag and say, okay, basta, uh, to use the expression that Michael Avenatti uses in his tweets, basta means enough. Right. No, Is actually... people having enough or they just continue to enjoy this and find that it's okay? No, so that's interesting. All this stuff kind of intertwines. So that... What he does ups the ante. Like every time he does something that it's like molto crazy, like the utmost crazy, you can't top it, he manages to top it. So now Avenatti, for example, he's saying, you know, now he's causing this sort of rift in the Democratic Party because they're saying, okay, guy, you got to like slow it down because now you're you're becoming as bad as Trump almost. Like the stuff that he's going off about now on social media and the way he's conducting himself. He started off like on a clear course and he was very, res- not reserved, but he was together and... Lawyerly, lawyerly. Very, lawyerly. very, very poised. And uh, yeah, lawyerly, whatever the word is. Um, and now he has stooped to the level. He's almost at Trump's level. You know, the stuff he's saying, he's calling him the porn president and he's going on the same... He's on the same route. So now it's like the blind leading the blind. We're just all like spinning down into a spiral of hell. So so, so you see, but what he's also doing, which I find fascinating in the tweet, he's basically saying she's going to confirm the letter that she signed. Uh, he did get her to sign a letter. Uh, yeah. She signed a letter and a sworn testimony effectively that she, quote unquote, did not have an affair with him. And so, you know, one wonders if he didn't become president, would this issue have been raised uh, or would she have just accepted the $130,000 payment and moved on? Of course. Why would I think she was fine with that? But then when he started campaigning and he became, you know, sort of the person we knew was going to be our president, she was like, wait a second, I need to tell people about the shady behind the scenes action. But I don't think she would have brought it up otherwise. So Stormy Daniels enters the fray. And she says, game on, tiny. So, I mean, she's calling him tiny. Oh. I mean, I know I could never eat a shiitake mushroom again if my life depended on that. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, but I'm probably, I mean, you know, you know me. I won't order miso soup now. Uh, no, you'll take, so like, yeah. Until I, I have Alzheimer's, okay. So uh, Stormy and I, by the way, will be on Bill Maher's show together on October uh, 26th. So I know, but, you know, I, so I was reading yeah. the notes that they sent us from the Bill Maher show, and... It was funny to me because it was so ridiculous. Like, don't, you cannot talk to Stormy. Nobody talked to Stormy. Like, she's some sort of strange celeb. I don't know. So did you see the Elizabeth Warren tweet, The his tweet about her and the DNA? And I, she's a... Yeah, I caught, I, caught, I caught that as well. And so, but I do think that she made a tactical mistake. And so then the main, my, just out of curiosity, because I want to get your thoughts on this, so... Michael Avenatti going into the Trump zip code. Is he coming out okay or is he looking bad? No, I think he's looking and, bad. Uh, and I like Michael. Okay. We, you know, we've had this conversation. He's calling you last week on the podcast. We know him personally. But he's going down a very dangerous road with this because he thinks he needs to punch back 10 times harder than, you know, Trump is punching. But I, I feel like he's losing his grip. He's on a slippery slope. Well, well okay, okay. So, so then, so this is the thing that I find astonishing. Is He's going to start to make mistakes. You know, he already exactly. has with Julie so Swetnick. Every, every 
person that does this with the president goes down this quote unquote slippery slope and then ends up in a uh, in a nightmare scenario that they didn't anticipate. Now, uh, she, uh, you know, Stormy's calling him tiny. You think that bothers him, or you think he's okay with that? No, I think it bothers him. Yeah. Okay. So he I doesn't like people thing, saying bad things about him, as we all know. Yeah, I think the tiny thing is probably like that's pretty aggressive, you know. I mean, so I, I would say the tiny thing's bothering him. Okay. Well, but, he's calling but, her a horse but, face, so touche. You know what I mean? It's okay, like. Okay, but let's go to let's go to Elizabeth Warren under the same genre. He's under her skin, calling her Pocahontas. He's allowed to do it, but if someone does it to him, he's like a he's like so immature. Pocahontas. He can call. (laughs) He can call anyone the bad. He's he his tweet said Pocahontas, and then in parentheses it said the bad version. Like we needed some clarity on the the good version versus the bad version. Well, because he had to apologize to Pocahontas. Remember, he's only I've only heard him apologize three times. Okay, he's apologized. The night of the Access Hollywood tape, he apologized to Theresa May uh, when he did that interview, and then he apologized to Pocahontas because he was calling Senator Warren. You mean Pocahontas. like the actual Pocahontas, not? Yes, yeah. he was apologizing to the ancestry of Pocahontas. For Pocahontas? Pocahontas. Okay, and then I guess the last apology oh, is that he apologized to uh, uh, Justice Kavanaugh on behalf of the American people. So. I mean, I've only heard four. Well, apologies. that's a bogus apology. No one, I mean, nobody but asked him to do that, and nobody gives. Is she falling into the same trap as uh, Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Mark? Yes. Rubio, you know what this Jim reminds Bush. me of? You know what this is? This is like the trap that I fall into on Twitter. When you know, normally, like I post stuff and I use it for my news feed, and I get info and check out what my friends are doing. But then sometimes I. Curiosity gets the best of me when I'm up at four in the morning and I'm like, all right, let me read some of these comments. And then I see what they say about us and I'm like, oh God. So then I start writing back and they're like, ha ha, that's what I wanted you to do. And I always like say to myself, damn, I just fell right into that person's trap. So that's what he does to people. He lures them in with his nonsense. They, They stoop to his level and then they somehow trip up and he looks like, the man, not really the man, but he thinks he won the argument. Okay. So that's right. what's so, happening so, with Elizabeth Warren. That's what, you know, now she's like publicly humiliated by the whole Cherokee nation. They're like denying her and saying okay. like she's some bogus, you know, 1,000 you know to the 24th social power. culture better, better than me. So when, when the rappers go off on each other and they do a rap off, right? Like in the movie Eight Mile when Eminem was rapping off, mm-hmm. aren't we having like a sort of Twitter version of a rap off at this point between Avenatti and Trump? Yeah, and it's kind of getting old, but that's. Okay, so I wonder what people old, think about that. Send us your. I, I want to know. You know, send us your opinions on that. I'm just curious to know what people are thinking about that now. Okay, but, so but let me. But I want. But I want to make this point though. Okay, he's also changed the syntax on Twitter. How many times do you? see a statement made on Twitter, and then the, the last word on Twitter is sad, exclamation point, sad. Or phony, phony. fraud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah. So, so he's actually changed the entire syntax in the conversation. No, but he's the only one that writes. Like, whenever I see someone else writing like that, or if sometimes I'm typing something and it, it has shades of that, I delete it, and I'm like, backspace, I can't be writing like that. So, anyway, what did you think about his uh, 60 Minutes? 
He speaks oh, on yeah. 60 Minutes the way he writes on Twitter. I, I, I'm impressed with the way he's able to spar with people. Um, I find spar. I find it's called the double D. So he likes obviously he likes double D's in more than one kind of way. So obviously he likes like the stormy type double D's, <laughs> and then he likes to oh deny and deflect. That's all he does. Okay. Leslie Stahl was like, "What the hell are you?" Like she couldn't even. It was the craziest thing. She would ask him a point blank question, and he would double D it. Okay, but his fans like it. His fan, the people that are not his, his fans. fans. Don't like it. But I want who's a fan? Want, like that's the wrong word. A, his constituency. Whatever his constituency, the peer supporters. Mm-hmm. I want you to be Elizabeth Warren's communications director. Maybe you'll be a better communicate. You'll be the better communications director in the family. Obviously, I'm a failed one. Mm-hmm. So you're Elizabeth <laughs> Warren's communications director. You're walking into her office this morning. She's one one thousandth twenty four. Cherokee or some nonsense like that, mm-hmm. and you're telling her that was a good idea to release the DNA, or you're telling her that was the dumbest thing you've done so far as a politician? I what would just say, why are we even stooping to this level, and we need to focus on things that are actually important? But I would also say to her, if you were ever actually thinking of running in 2020, homie, you need to rewind, because she's obviously not going to ever win against this person. She's no match for him, but... Most people aren't because most people have a level of decency and sanity where they wouldn't go to these levels. You know when you always say water sing always sings to the lowest level? Well, what's the term that you use? You always say it to me. I say water always sings to its lowest level. Oh, okay. I got it right. The Nick cliche is out there now, so I think it's being overused. The Nick cliche? The what? Oh, okay. Should we let everybody know that you have a crush on the guy? Uh, Nick I, mean, I call the guy Neil. I call the guy Neil Lackey. Okay, I catch you looking at his Twitter feed. That's fine. How but do you catch me looking at it? Like you're looking over oh my, my shoulder, God. or because I retweet him? I retweet him. Neil, Neil Lackey. Yeah, you retweet him. I mean, Neil <laughs> Lackey. You were probably watching that like reality TV show with him and Jessica Simpson when you were how old? Like fourteen? I do. I had all. No, I was in my twenties. I have all the DVDs. I used to watch them DVDs. incessantly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So all of your fan base out there is laughing because they're just like you. They're no, they probably have no idea who Nick Lachey is, but either way. Probably so you were saying Neil, the pig. I watch Neil Lackey all the time. So you both. said the pig analogy, or what did you say? No, the pig. When, you, when, you're getting, when, you, when you're in a fight with the pig, oh, the pig's right. snorting around, he's flopping around in the mud loving it, you're getting bloody and muddy. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is you're not a pig, so you can't deal with Slop. No, but that but goes wait, back to that the Avenatti thing. I don't think he was originally he wasn't born a piece of pork, but he's turning into it because he's trying to he's oh, trying to I, match I, himself I, I up. Predicted, mm-hmm. I predict that Avenatti will make an adaptation, and he'll be, there's only one way to countermand that sort of uh, verbal offensive, and that is with humor. And I would tell people if you want to be an effective adversary to the president, you have to watch film clips of somebody like John F. Kennedy handle people that were criticizing Or Reagan. Or Reagan. Yeah. And you have to use humor and you have to roll with the thing. So someone tells me I was there for 10 days, I say 11. I usually get a laugh out of that if they heard the joke before. But well, Trump would never laugh, but that would actually be more effective because he would be no, so that infuriated be, that, that would it would... Be more you should right. hire Judd, Judd Abitow and you should come up with daily jokes that you post on Twitter and people would find that funny. And they would move on. One of, the, one of the more famous things is when they they asked John Kennedy, they said, you're a dilettante and a playboy. 
people say you're too lazy to run for president and your father is going to buy you the election. Oh, yeah, I know this and, one. It's funny. And Kennedy looked at them and quipped and said, no, no, you don't understand. My father's a tightwad. He's only going to buy me one more vote than I need. i got to work my ass off for this thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it diffused the conversation. And so the problem here, if she showed up with a, you know, literally like an Indian chief's hat on, everybody would laugh. You know, Ronald Reagan's wife, Nancy, totally picked on. She went to the gridiron dinner. <laughs> the in, yeah, but then if she showed up with that, then a whole nother, you know, conglomerate of people would be offended. Comes you can't even be funny anymore, you know? No, it becomes a photo op for a second. But Nancy Reagan showed up dressed like a homeless person at one of the gridiron dinners, and it totally sapped everybody's strength of picking on her for the nouveau riche-like uh, consumption that she used to do inside the White House. So, listen, I don't know. Here we are. Elizabeth Warren, can she beat Donald Trump in a presidential election? Hells no. Uh, and on that note, three. listen. You mean if she gets the nomination in a debate where I was going to have her tested? I'll only do it if I can test her personally. Okay? That will not be something I enjoy doing either. He acts like he's, like, so attractive and everything. I wish he really knew what people thought of him and his looks. Okay, well, okay, well go ahead. I mean, you're, you're, you're unplugged. You've only had like three or four hours sleep from last night. So go ahead. What do you think? What do people think of him? No, he's not attractive. He's not physically attractive. There's nothing about him that's attractive. But well, so. Seven years old at this point. Right, but he wasn't attractive. He was creepy looking back in the day, too. So on 60 Minutes, he. Trump was talking about this whole situation um, in Saudi Arabia with the journalists and what went on. And I actually, I think we have a clip of what he says. There's a lot at stake and maybe especially so because this man was a reporter. There's something, you'll be surprised to hear me say that, there's something really terrible and disgusting about that if that were the case. So we're gonna have to see. We're going to get to the bottom of it and there will be severe punishment. Okay, so he sent Mike Pompeo over there, right? Yeah. And basically they've been saying the same thing to us for the past week, and nothing has been resolved. And as we all know, the more time that passes after something like this happens, the less we know. Yeah, no, he's 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 walking it back, and, uh, you know, the, the, the crown prince and the king are positioning it, it, it that it was either accidental or it was rogue in its orientation and it was not premeditated. And, you know, the truth of the matter is we'll never really know the truth of the story. But what I find fascinating about the time that we're living in today is that we're living in a time of almost total transparency now so that there's no way to really shade things. So when uh, when Eisenhower ordered the assassination of the democratically elected leader of Iran in 1953, a guy called Mosaddegh, they could smooth it over. But in the age where somebody can record their own execution off their iWatch and send it to somebody else uh, while they're dying, I don't know. You know, you're you're not going to be able to get away with things anymore. And so then the question is, do we get all sanctimonious and self-righteous, or do, do you play the real politic of Trump where he's saying they're bad, we're bad, everybody's bad, let's move on? You've got 25% of the world's oil under the ground in Saudi Arabia. And uh, from an economic perspective and a geopolitical perspective, we need them as an ally. We're definitely not oil independent. Definitely not, right? 
well, we're in the we're in the process of becoming oil independent. You know, some would say some energy experts say that we're already oil independent and positioned to be the a net exporter, if not the net exporter. You remember Bethany McLean? She used to come mm-hmm. to Salt. Yeah. She just wrote a she just wrote a book called Saudi America, where the most fascinating thing is because of the technology and the fracking and all this other stuff, we're in a position now to be a net exporter. But we still need Saudi Arabia. Uh, because we want low, stable oil prices. Right, um, oil also, prices would jack up if we no, if we, no question. we want, cut them we off. Want the to help us with the Israelis. So, so what would you do? You're the president of the United States, President Deirdre. What that do you would be do? Scary here? times. Okay, so what do you do here? Do you 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 help the Saudis? You defend the Saudis? You go after the Saudis? What are we doing? Well, I have a problem with Trump because he always defends people. Well, he's going with the innocent until proven guilty thing, but he always jumps to people and places defense before, you know, he should just say we have to see, not he automatically assumes that people are wrongly accusing them. Like, you know, he's denied so many things that in the end turned out to be true, like Manafort or Rob Porter, even though you're probably mad at me for saying that, or um, what else? I don't know. He's denied so many things that in the end are happen to be true. So now he's saying it probably wasn't Saudi, they probably had nothing to do with it and it pro- I hate that he does that, you know, because he always defends someone or something that in the end winds up looking bad. So what I would do, I would really try to somehow, I mean, Turkey is no better than Saudi Arabia as it relates to, you know, human rights, but they need to kind of put the hard the full court press on these people to investigate this in like a proper fashion. And if they want to remain in business with us, quote unquote, they have to kind of do the right thing and really look into it and, and get to the bottom of it, okay. not just some phony. The investigation's over and you've discovered that uh, the crown prince unilaterally ordered the murder and the assassination slash chop up of the journalist. Then what do you do? You really have to put some sanctions on and back yourself away from these people. That's you can't do business with people that treat their like civilians or citizens like crap. You can't set that precedent because then you're just saying that the only thing that matters in life is the almighty dollar. Because then people in this country one day will be killing each other in the streets, and no one will get you know no one will care. You're going down a really bad path if you're going to. It's like condoning. It's it's com- being complicit. You can't do that. Okay, I totally agree with you. I think it opens, uh, you have a finger in the dike, and if you let your finger out of the dike, it will expose a lot of different things. And I think one potential valid criticism here is that the president has signaled, because of his friendship with the Saudis and because of his need to get their help in the Mideast peace process, um, they may have taken some latitude there and taken some license. Again, I don't know the full facts of the case, um, but I. But the flip side of me also says that we need to have a relationship with them. Uh, it's been an enduring 80-plus year relationship, and, uh, you know, there's some levels of hypocrisy in it, as there are with uh, a lot of our geopolitical relationships, but I but I think we need to have the relationship. So, but, but, but Pocahontas cannot beat, or excuse me, Senator Warren cannot beat Trump. No, why are we going back to that? Because I'm, I'm curious. Because I got another question. No, she can't beat. She can't beat him. Cory Booker w- could beat Trump. No, no. Because can Michael, not- can Michael Avenatti beat Trump. 
he has the most I mean, out of all of those people, he probably has the highest shot or probability of not beating him, but at least being a contender, like and being sort of in the same zip code. But the other two, no way. Too well, wishy washy. So, what Michael's got some verbal dexterity to him, right? Yeah, and I, he is sharp and everything like that. But he's just I don't know, he's probably not getting much sleep. He's got a lot going on and he's he's nonstop, so that's when you make mistakes. So listen, another. I want to go back to this whole issue, um, you know, foreign relations or whatever you want to call it. But so this whole thing with the pastor who was held um, against his will in Turkey for two years, who just came back this weekend. What do you think about that? You know, I laugh because I want. You know, we have the TV on a lot because of the kids, and not that they're advertising for travel on Nick Jr., but. I always see these commercials for Turkey and come visit Istanbul and come visit. And I always laugh to myself, like, no, because I might not come back. So they they are beautiful places. They are exotic places. And I'm sure there are a ton of people there that are wonderful. And it is such a shame that we can't boost their economy and do things to help them by visiting because we're afraid of things like that go on, like being held against your will for two years or, you know, you go into a consulate and you never come back out. So what is the well, what What do you do about that? Well, did you feel unsafe in Cuba when we went in 2012? I don't know if I felt uns. I felt a little unsettled. I'm not going to lie. Did you didn't you sometimes feel a little bit unsettled? Well, yeah, especially when the lights were browning out in the hotel. I was like, okay, this is a little bit of a bummer, you know. And plus, you with your hair, there was no way you were going to get your hair blow dried. Oh, situation. my God. And, no, but the fact of the matter is we slept, I can't believe we didn't leave there like Quasimodo because we slept in a twin bed together. <laughs> <laughs> it was like college up in there. But, no, no, so, definitely. Their, their five-star <laughs> hotel was like a quarter of a star year, but... But no, I mean, I think the places like uh, Istanbul are beautiful. Um, there's a majesty to those places. And also there's an imperative there by the Turkish government to keep tourists safe in a place like that. Otherwise, I mean, because that's a very big component of their tourism. I crossed into the, uh, you know, the, the, the West Bank slash Judea and Samaria territory of what is potentially going to be the Palestinian Authority's uh, state uh, and entered Bethlehem. Uh, yeah, that can get pretty scary. Yeah, the birthplace of Jesus. And, you know, the, my security team that was with me said that uh, while this place can get hot, it very rarely gets hot around Bethlehem or the church, primarily because there's commercial rationality where if they start blowing up people by the church, and they cut the three million pilgrims that come to Bethlehem every year. It'll really put a hurt on their uh, economy. So, so there's, there's some realty, realism there. But I do agree that a lot of places are unsafe. You know, I've been to, as you know, and you were mad at me. I've been to Afghanistan and Iraq uh, during our, our relationship. The places are unsafe. Afghanistan is so unsafe that the American military travels by helicopter in Afghanistan for fear of these uh, IEDs blowing up one of their uh, transports. Yeah. So, so places places are unsafe, um, but in the world is basically unsafe. And, you know, my opinion, and I'm interested to hear yours, America can't be the problem solver 
for the world in all of these places. No, you can't be all things to all people. I'm just saying it's funny how they spend so much money trying to appeal to us to come there when they should really use that to try to get everything together over there and, you know, and make it more appealing and more safe and just a better place for people to live. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, it's also on a lighter note, you know, so two things. I was laughing because last week you, I stumped you. You have no idea what the words to the Golden Girls theme song was, right? Yeah. And yeah. today I was on Twitter and People.com had an article about this series, well, this company called Funko, F-O- F-U-N-K-O, they make like these little statues and all these things and they make all these um, funny cereals. They're coming out with a Golden Girl cereal. So it struck my so fancy. Like dentures and stuff like that? I mean, like what's going to be in the Oh my cereal? God. Ma- imagine the dentures. cereal was um, just little white dentures, like marshmallows. Oh. <laughs> no, it's actually blue. Like it looks like Fruit Loops, but it's all blue, like the same color as the Viagra pill. Let you know, all of you health conscious moms out there, Deirdre Scaramucci would not let me buy Booberry in the Target over the weekend. Okay? By the way, Target is the one that sells the Golden Girls thing, it said, so I'm running there after the podcast. Okay, so you see, totally I'm going to pick Deirdre up Scaramucci. some of that and the, uh, and the M&Ms for Halloween, the cookies and scream. Not a, not, a, not a political hypocrite, but a diet hypocrite, Deirdre Scaramucci, uh, can't buy the Booberry or the Frankenberry for me and my son Nick. But she's going to go buy the Golden Girls uh, denture. For myself. Viagra blue um, circles. So speaking of Viagra. You got Viagra in it? Okay, go ahead. I don't know, but you can try it when you get back from Michigan. Okay, you know I don't need Viagra. I mean, let's be on the record on that, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's because I'm so good looking. Bo, 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 try to give me a blue pill, put it on the counter. He says, this is my gift to you. I said, I don't want it. When? Said, oh, and no, where? And why? And how? I was, on his, I was on his podcast, One Tough Podcast. He hands out Viagra. That's some geriatric like, type situation. You so good on the podcast, I'm going to hand you one of my Viagra. I'm like, Bo, Bo, I don't need the Viagra. And so he put it on the table. And he's like, I'm not taking it back. And then the minute I got up to walk away, he looked around. And he goes, this pill is $25. He put it back in his wallet. I love this guy. He carries that he's like, like you know, you go, okay. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Like, yeah, carry that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Did you hear your your sneeze in the background? So, oh man. Well, speaking of um, Viagra, did you see anything about this? Um, thank God you and I didn't split up because I don't think I could handle going on dating websites. So they have this thing called Donald Daters. It's a okay. new dating app. So it launched okay. this week. Um, bing, 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 bum, bum. I love you very much. Oh, my God. That's for you, Aunt. So, okay, well, I love you, too, Mr. President. So go ahead. What is, what is the bing, bing, bing? So it's this dating app, you know, like Tinder or those 
whatever, cupid.com, where so it's just going to help Trump supporters find like their lover because apparently people are having like conservative people are having a hard time meeting other conservative people online. They're being trolled on these dating websites by liberals. So like literally people will say like, don't swipe left if you like Donald Trump, you know, because swiping left, I guess, on Tinder is means you want to know more about the person. So literally he has taken life and the society to a whole new level. We now have a dating app named after the Donald. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. And you'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, please. Non- oh. Non-stop commotion, but you got to think about what this guy did. He's like the human wrecking ball. Okay, He came in, he wrecked the establishment political system. Yeah, we need system. That, that song, uh, Miley Cyrus. You know, you and, I, you, and I are on the ver- you, you, yeah. you, you, you and I are on the first divorce. He's blown up families. People can't even talk to each other at Thanksgiving. And he's like, I'm the best, and I'm, like, winning. Yeah. And meanwhile, and like, what, Alec Baldwin is saying we need to overthrow the government because he's the president and nobody could think of that. Did you see that? Did you see that speech? I was looking at that speech this we morning. We change governments here at home in an orderly and formal way. And in that orderly and formal way and lawful way, we need to overthrow the government of the United States under Donald Trump. Well, he's basically just talking about the elections and that people need to get out to vote. You know, he was using some um, aggressive terminology, but he doesn't literally mean like stage a coup and over, you know, he just means get out and vote. Okay, so are these winning strategies or is... Donald J. Trump going to be president through the 2000, January 20th, 2025. Well, unfortunately, I think the Democrats are basically talking to, you know, when people say you're preaching to the choir. That's basically what they're doing. You know what I mean? They're just talking amongst themselves. So they're 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 not going out. I don't think they're reaching anybody beside the people that are already in the tent. That's I don't know. What do you think? I think for sure that I think they can win the House. I think they they lose the Senate. But I think that he is right now looking at the landscape unless somebody adapts and pivots to his entrepreneurial style of being a politician uh, without an adapt and pivot. I don't think there's anybody in the field that can beat him. And and I think somebody like Michael, I have a lot of respect for and I think he's very smart. Uh, would have a hard time getting the nomination because these people typically like going with establishment people. And look at what the Democratic Party did to Bernie Sanders last time. I mean, they basically rigged the system to prevent Bernie Sanders from getting anywhere close to the nomination. And so so they're probably going to rig the system for one of the establishment favorites. And I just don't see any of those establishment favorites being able to deal with the uh, human paper shredder uh, known as Donald J. Trump. So we'll have to see what happens. I can't wait till the midterm elections are over. So then we don't have to speculate. We can just say. So, but before the midterm elections, you know what I'm looking forward to? Because it's fun now that we have two kids, five kids, but two kids that only trick-or-treat. So I'm looking forward to Halloween. And I'm reading online that if any of our three older children tried to trick-or-treat in Chesapeake, Virginia, they'd get thrown in the slammer. 
there's like a law. A you can't go trick-or-treating if you're over 12. What was the rationale behind that law? I know you've been talking about that all week. You've been flipped out about it. So you've been a quiet and secret trick-or-treater well into your 30s, obviously. So. <laughs> well, so no. What, what, the good what, news what is, is once you become a parent, you can go trick-or-treating again under the guise of, you know, that you're bringing your kids around for candy. But I'm wearing my right. Mrs. Incredible costume this year, and I got you a Mr. Incredible costume. So... We would get arrested but if we lived in. I need like a I need like a man's ear and a girdle to be wearing that. <laughs> no, the but, best but, part of it is it has fake muscles built into it, so it just covers up anything no, and everything. I'll be wearing that. I'll be wearing that under my suit then after long after Halloween. And you could I'm put a, a sock in the crotch, really flip people I'm, out. I'm, I'm on the Drudge Report, okay, <laughs> and the top of the Drudge Report says President rips horse face stormy. You're going back to this. No, but, but I just that was the first thing. What it goes, it goes, it goes. Game on, tiny. Game on, tiny. Yeah, okay. we live in we live in a frat house called the U.S. of A. Okay, so this thing is just gonna burn like crazy, like now, right? The fire. Is I don't know. Raging. I can't talk about horse face and and tiny anymore. Let's talk about our favorite candy. So tell everybody okay. what you do. That you freeze. Reese's peanut butter cups and eat them incessantly when no one's looking. And I find wrappers all over the place. Okay, I'm a terrible closet eater. There's no question about that. Literally, we'll stand in the closet and eat. So, like a, <laughs> a closet, you know, open the door to the closet. There's the food, and I start wolfing. At so Target, like, when we go, food, like once a week, we go to Target, like on Sundays. And he always buys, like, pink unicorn icing and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, when are we ever using it? I'm the only one that bakes. He doesn't even know how to make toast. So, But he doesn't buy it to bake. He just buys it to eat. He literally eats the icing. It's so bad. It's right, like, but I do, dip, I do dip Oreo cookies. And then he wants to know why our kids are like, I need, I need sugar. Ah! I don't want that broccoli. I need sugar. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, let's. Let's talk about Miss Dorito Woman at uh, twelve thirty pre Perioso. Oh my God, Aunt! <laughs> That's because we went to a wedding. I drank. I dr- I didn't eat anything. Of salt. No, to be clear, oh. I ate a half a bag of nacho Doritos and then I ate an entire column or row of Chips Ahoy. But you were no okay. help to me because you no. bought a new Chips Ahoy the next day. At what, at what time of night were you doing that? Yeah, like 2 a.m. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about some of these tr- these tweets. I'm saying treats because I'm still thinking about candy. Um, okay, so we have a tweet here from one of our listeners. Thank you for sending this in, Madison Rising. We see you out there. You're always in tune with us and writing to us. So both religion and politics... This is a very cerebral question, Scaramucci, so get ready. Both religion and politics are strongly based on dogmatic ways of thinking and are highly divisive topics. Do you think they're just different manifestations of the same thing? Can we consider religion to be the residual politics of thousands of years ago? And can we learn from this? So interesting. Okay, so I, I, I think that's a fascinating thing. Uh, ben Sass, who's a uh, Republican yeah. senator from Nebraska, uh, basically wrote a new book about what's dividing us, and he is saying that he really believes that there's been a fracture in the society, meaning that there's less religious uh, devotion, there's less religious passion, there's a rise in secularism and atheism in the society, or at least an indifference to going to church and binding ourselves through church. And 
so we're finding uh, political networks and the fact that uh, when we turn on the television, politics is there clear and present, uh, we're finding that to be binding us. So I think Madison Rising is actually onto something. Uh, a lot of people are talking about this, but the truth of the matter is the politics does not seem to make us happy. Uh, years ago, the things that binded us like a family dinner or meeting at our Nana's house on a Sunday to cook macaroni or to be at church at a certain time or to be part of the community chest or things like that seem to be more fulfilling. That social interaction seemed to be better for us. This is like a war. It's like an ongoing war. Right, but that's what religion was 5,000 years ago. Yeah, 5,000 years ago, but after it matured, uh, uh, people used it as a pretty good... uh, Well, it can be a binding agent or it can be an extreme divider still, I think. Religion is pretty divisive in many ways. I'm going to say something to Madison Rising, though, that I think that is, 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 is worth listening to. I think this era that we're in has a little bit of the McCarthyism of the mid-1950s, meaning it burned very, very bright, and people are like, okay, there's something wrong going on, and this is like too hysterical. This was the communist red scare during the 50s, and then all of a sudden, it burnt out. And I think people will burn out from this level of polemics, this level of discourse, this level of argumentation. At some point, People are going to look at each other and say, okay, you know what? Really have had enough of this. I'm going to try to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and in the McCarthy era, it sort of just happened. In fact, uh, it, it wasn't really, uh, you know, there's no one pushed it over the edge. It's just people looked at each other. It was like it gasped out, like it burned too bright for too long. I think that's happening right now. So. Madison Rising is on to something. I think that the stuff related to politics is not making us happy as much. No, it's and I was having lunch with somebody before this, and we were just saying it's like we're too entrenched in it. it before was people, it Neil ha- Lackey, we, we, who are we having lunch with? Are we having lunch with Neil Lackey. Yeah, right. I think you would have seen me post a picture of me and Neil Lackey over our <laughs> vegan lunch if I had. No, I okay, had lunch with a woman. See, but we anyway, get, we got to we no, gotta we wrap gotta this whole thing up. Have like a, a body slam sound effect after something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, keep going. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. But hopefully next week, are you going to show up again? Because I'm firing you to quote your buddy Trump if you don't get your booty in this studio. Are you, sh- are you coming next week? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be sitting there right next to you next week. So that uh, if I move on the seat, you can tell people in the audience that I farted, okay? More fake deal. news coming from the more fake news coming from the missus. All right, it's a deal. We'll see you next Tuesday on uh, radio.com, which in the missus. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. See you guys at next week. Bye guys. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.